In fact, I think many of us need to remember that uh, he's always right there. Praise God. Don't you love that he's never far off? And all you have to do is call. Amen. We call lots of people, don't we? And don't you, what do you think of when you get sent a voicemail? It's kind of a bummer, right? You're like, oh, but I had something on my mind. You know, I wanted to connect with this person. You ever get sent a voicemail? You think, well, now I can't really convey what I want to. I don't want to leave a message. I'd rather talk to the source. Well, that is what God is here for, amen? Amen. We can reach out, call out, and guess what? You don't get sent to voicemail. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Praise God. Well, this morning I thought we would look at a cool passage of Scripture. It's Colossians 3, 1 through 4. I might go a little bit further. I don't even, I'm not even sure. I'm thinking about it. Because Colossians 3 is such a powerful thing already. Honestly, it's, there's moments that it could just keep going on and on and on. I like that too. Don't you love that Scripture never stops? It keeps reverberating in our mind. You think about scriptures that have become so important to you, scriptures you pray, scriptures that you focus on. These are the things we do. Well, this morning, when we look at this uh, passage of scripture, we're going to uh, title the sermon, Things Above. But you know what's so weird about this title, Things Above? I think about things below today. These shoes are so not supposed to be here. And not only are these shoes not supposed to be here, These funky socks aren't supposed to be here either. It's like it doesn't even go. What happened? I'll tell you what happened. My dad came to visit. He's in my room, staying in my place. And I told him last night, Dad, I'm just going to grab my things out of of what I need for uh, church tomorrow. And, uh, you know, you guys enjoy, sleep in, blah, 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 blah. So what happens? I grab my cool black shirt. It's a little long, but I know it's all right. 90s style. Remember in the 90s, we wore wore everything a little bit bigger. So I grab my cool black shirt, I grab my slacks, and then I go to get my nice black Nordstrom dress shoes that I always wear here with my nice black socks, and they're not there. They're in the room that Pops is in. And I'm thinking, do I go wake him up? Do I dare do? And then I thought, no, you know what? I'm going to go with funky shoes and funky sock day. You know why? Because it's been a funky week. <laughs> I wish I had your week, right? <laughs> He's, you, you had the great week. My week has been weird. Anybody else say, yeah, yeah, weird week at work? And I'm like, what am I, just 50 now and clumsy? What is my gig? I'm picking the wrong shoes, picking the wrong socks. I can blame 50 now. But what happened at work? Oh, thank you for asking. A client wants, a client asks for like a a couple glasses of juice at the store at the Wynn. And I'm thinking, yeah, let me handle it. The fashion, you know, the the Chanel side from the the fashion people, they called me over on my side, watch and find jewelry. They said, could you serve, could you serve some juice to these ladies? They're requesting it. Absolutely. They're sitting in my area now. You know what the problem with the Chanel store is? They have historical stuff everywhere. It's like it's not a normal chair. It's not a normal mirror. They have this little plot that tells us all these fancy things that are in the store. Like this chair comes from some famous designer. This mirror is a Louis XV from France from the year 17, blah, blah, blah. And here I come out with this tray of juice. And what does clumsy Ryan do? Oh, I trip. I trip. And this is my week. And juice goes flying close to the Louis XV mirror, whoever that is. 
And it goes on this chair from some designer, and I'm like, you have to be kidding me. And then I take the brunt of it on my jacket, on my, on my suit pants, and I tell the, I tell the, uh, the staff, looks like I'm going home to change, folks. <laughs> Please try to dry the chair while I'm gone, and we'll see if we can <laughs> get that to upholstery cleaned, and on and on and on. But you know what? It was such a lesson in humility to remember I am just in the right place right now on Sunday with all of you. Praise God. Because this worship puts it all in perspective. I need to have the right focus to know I can have a junky, funky week and it's okay because I still have God in my heart, on my mind. I just worshiped Him today. I'm with a group of fine people. Hallelujah. And let's just pray that you don't give me juice because if I spill water here, it's no big deal. That'll dry. Don't give me anything with any color, okay? Reds or blues, no, no. Keep, keep that away from me. In fact, uh, next week is Communion Sunday. I don't know if you can trust me with the juice. So focus on things that are above. We'll look at the Scripture in just a moment. But uh, yeah, it's been one of those weeks. But now I think I wear this crazy stuff proudly because why not? Amen? Come as you are. Isn't that what Scripture says? Come as you are. But uh, one thing I do know, everybody saw all my mistakes in the store this week because they have eyes to see. <laughs> and not only that, but they have focus to see uh, what's going on. So I wanted to mention that because I thought, yeah, okay, I'm a gentleman that has glasses now and I have these fancy things called bifocals, and, uh, which is kind of a bummer for me. But I realized uh, years ago that I needed glasses when I was in my 20s. And uh, I was trying to look at a, a sign in the distance and read some uh, information on a condo I was looking at. And I realized it was out of focus. And now, as I got closer to 50, I just turned 50. But as I got closer to 50, I started realizing, oh, now I'm having the issue clo <laughs> close up. Bummer. And here I am thinking, where is the right spot? Is it here? Is it there? I guess it depends on which eye I use. So the doctors gave me these fancy bifocals, and these are called progressives. Have you ever heard of progressives? Progressives are weird. They're cool, and it takes a little getting used to, but there is a sweet spot in each lens, and you're constantly trying to find the sweet spot. So if I look at you and I'm doing this, it's only because I'm trying to bring your face into perspective, and I'm looking for the sweet spot. But I have to tell you, I'm very grateful to have the perspective of the right focus, amen? Because sometimes in life, we need to refocus things, do we not? Sometimes we have to remember, I might have a tough week. I might have some turmoil at home. I might have things going on at work, things going on in my personal life, and there's so many issues. People aren't easy, right? Have you noticed that? Sometimes we're tough on each other. Attitudes can flare. All these things can happen. Breakdowns can happen. But all we have to do is remember to find the sweet spot. And when we find the sweet spot, you know who it is? It's actually someone. It's Jesus. Amen? And once Jesus gets involved, it's so much easier to put everything into perspective. Hallelujah. So, focus. It means a lot of different things. And I was thinking when it comes to focus, what happens is when you look at something... If something falls directly behind the retina or directly in front of it, it's out of focus. If it hits it dead on, you're in. You're in. <laughs> you got the right. You got the right perspective. But I would say this: 
there was this cool little story I read, and it's by a, a lady named uh, Joni Yoder, and she writes it this way, and I thought this was a wonderful story. She says, one summer afternoon, I climbed on a hill up near my home. When I reached the top, I stretched out on the grass. Ooh, we don't get a lot of grass in the desert, do we? But it would be nice to have grass once in a blue moon. But she says she stretches out on the, on the grass to relax. And she says she turns her head to one side. And her eyes focus on some blades of grass that are directly in front of her face. Within inches of my face, she says. But she said, but the problem was with the short range, the view of anything beyond the end of my nose would not come into focus. It blurred my view of anything beyond that blade of grass. So she said, I began to adjust my focus. And then she said, if I would just adjust my focus, the distant city comes into view. Kind of reminds me of that pretty picture you have up here about San Francisco. What if you're on a hill and you couldn't see the city beyond? But she said, when she did that focus adjustment, she found she could shift her sight from near or far at will. The choice was hers. Now, what I found interesting about the choice being hers is we can truly decide on how we are going to focus things this week. Amen. Or not only that, we can decide how good or how short sighted we're going to focus on the year that we are about to have. 2024 just began. Many challenges might have already hit. Anybody can say challenges have already begun. Wait a minute. Well, we're only 20 some days into the month. That's all right. I started freaking out last week because week three was a bummer at the hotel. It's like we had two strong weeks and then it got really soft. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, I got big numbers to produce here. I need some strength. But you know what? All you have to do is put it in perspective and give it to the Lord. Amen. You can petition the Lord in prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. The choice is yours. What will you focus on? What will you focus on? Will you look at the short term or will you keep eternity in perspective? And that's what we're going to look at today. Because Paul, he has some great advice for us that are here today. And I'm going to read it to you here, Colossians 3. Because we can choose where we put our focus. And let's just see what Paul has to say about focus. Since then, you, each and every one of you here, have been raised with Christ Set your hearts on things above. That's almost like a drop the mic moment, amen? Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with Him in glory. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to go a little bit further because this, it's almost like you can't stop there. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life that you once lived. Past tense, hallelujah. But now you must rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, 
Since you have taken off your old self with its practices and put on your new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here, there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. And I love this part. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Father, thank You for Your Word. Many of us needed that Word today. Hallelujah. May we set, Lord God, our hearts on things that are above. Hallelujah. Which is You, Lord. And we remind ourselves, Lord, by reading Your Word, that we were raised to new life in Christ Jesus. And may that be the focus of 2024. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. What do you think of Colossians 3? It's awesome. It is completely awesome because sometimes we need to reshift our focus back to Christ in a bigger way. In fact, I might even tell you today when, you're, when your life seems out of, uh, out of whack, things don't seem to be going your way, things just seem like they're not heading in the right direction, that is a moment to take it to the Lord. Amen? That is a moment to come to the God of all. He's like the bifocals of the universe. And He's focusing right on you. So we could focus on Him. But you know what? Our first point this morning is many people, they blur their vision with today's worries and earthly concerns. We'll see it here. Don't let the world blur your vision. Many people let their vision get blurred by worries. And who, where are my worriers? Be honest. Where are my worriers? <laughs> I worry a lot too. <laughs> well, I have to tell you. <laughs> worry warriors, why not? Sounds like a hockey team. The worry warriors. You know what young generations are mostly worried about? I just read this in the news this week. You know what they're so worried about? They're obsessed with one thing. Becoming rich. That is what the young generations are mostly worried about today. They want to be the next YouTube star or Instagram or influencer, all this stuff. They don't value the four-year education anymore, and things have changed, right? And this is what they're worried about. And I can assure you the one thing that would bring it all into focus is having a right relationship with the God of the ages. Hallelujah. That is where all worries can cease. And you know that if you have Jesus, you are rich. Isn't that what we know, amen? 
We already know how rich we are because we have Christ. We set our hearts on things that are above. But often, when Jesus even said this, remember His words were, today has enough worry of its own. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will have enough worry of its own as well. But we know that's true because sometimes when we think about it, we might think we're professional worriers. You might think you have an associate's degree in worryology. And you might think that, you know what, for the most part, it's okay to worry because it gets things done or it keeps it on your mind. But I can assure you, too much worry will just weigh you down. It will weigh you down like a weight. And I started thinking about some of the things that I, I did a little glimpse of myself and thought, what have I worried about this, this week? Well, I already told you some of them. I hope there's a multi-thousand dollar chair drying right now in my office with a fan on it. But on, other than that, I worry about a lot of things. Did Janet get good sleep last night? Did the kids get to bed at the right hour? Do I dare put on my gas uh, fireplace uh, with a nice movie this weekend with the prices that the natural gas is costing me? You know, I figure if I put it on for just like one movie, that's like five, eight bucks right there. Like, that's ridiculous. How, how is your gas out here? Is it natural gas is expensive? Oh, maybe that's a better vibe. And then all of a sudden, the, you know, Nevada Power wants to raise the rates on the... On the um, you know, power this, this uh, summer, and I think, well, I have to keep my house. It, I just, I start thinking about all these things. Oh, I have a doctor's appointment. I need to get my new prescription for my glasses. Hopefully it won't have changed too much, but I'm worried it might have. Then I have to get a new vibe, and then I have to put money into that, and I got to find new frames, and on and on and on and on and on. And before you know it, I'm not even thinking about things above. I'm thinking about everything down here on earth. Amen? So, I have to say, when you get involved in the worry game, it does nothing but really hinder you. But if the Lord were to come back on a day like that, that I'm worried about everything. Let's say Jesus comes back, the trumpet sounds, and I'm worried about gas and power and glasses and doctor's appointments and prescriptions, how much they cost, and did everyone get sleep? What if the Lord came? And I said, well, Lord, hold on. I don't have time for you to come right now. I'm worried about too many things, okay? I mean, how, 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 do you, how do you like balance that there? You know what? Actually, if the Lord came, it'd be awesome to be worry-free, wouldn't it? It would be 100% awesome to be worry-free. But what if I didn't have time for the rapture? No, Lord, come tomorrow. Let me get some things done today. I've got to get the, at least the right shoes on, Lord, before you take me. I don't want to be caught. You know, in the movies, they always show this clump of clothes when people get raptured. You've seen that in the movies? Like all of a sudden, bleh, even Nicolas Cage did one of those movies. The co-pilot turned into a clump of clothes next to him. I don't want people to see these shoes. But anyways, I would tell you, we don't want to put the Lord on hold while we try to figure it all out. Amen? Because this really isn't my reality. My life is hidden in Christ Jesus. That's reality. And if I've done it the right way, I'll spread that to other people and let them know, don't chill, don't sweat the small, don't sweat the small stuff. Be elevated in Christ Jesus, amen? Put your perspective and your future in God's hands. Because truly, if all this life had for me was to worry about all these things, then I have worse problems, amen? amen? Honestly. But the truth is, if you allow earthly concerns to overtake your mindset, the devil has a way of making lies a reality. Mm. 
If you allow the devil a foothold, he has a way of making his lies reality. And last thing we want to do is believe lies. This is devastating. No, it's not. I have Christ Jesus. But this is going to ruin you. No, it won't. I have Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. It's time to remember who we have. And we have to remember to fight a fight against evil. Amen? Do you ever have negative emotions? Where, where are the folks that have had, can say, yeah, I've had negative emotions recently? It doesn't come from the Lord. It's sent from somewhere else. It does not emanate from the Lord. But I have to tell you, the quickest way the devil gets to blur our vision is to get us to believe the lies and get us to think on the now, the temporal. And I will say we don't want to lose our sight on Christ Jesus. He'll try, the devil will try his hardest to blur our vision, take our focus off of Christ, and get us to focus on that blade of grass that's right in front of our eyes instead of heaven that's behind. Amen? And we need to remember, get out of our way in Jesus' name, devil. I will focus on where I belong. Christ is making a place for each and every one of you. Isn't that wonderful? This is where we belong. But we don't want to miss heaven in all its glory. Hallelujah. We want to see past the end of our nose. And then, honestly, when you think about it, this is why Paul put it this way in Colossians. It's not the way of this world, but it's the way to rise above it. Hallelujah. That we should focus on. So our second point is this. And again, just writing down some ideas. I love, I love to just jot down ideas. I'm not a big journal kind of person. Anybody like to journal here? I don't know. Do you journal, hon? I don't even know. I've never seen you do that. But I like to write down ideas. But the second thing I wrote down is this. You can see it there. Keep heaven in sight. So I wrote also in my notes, sons and daughters that belong to Almighty God, it's time for us to keep heaven in sight because we are in the family. Amen? Don't you want to get to know that part of your life? You're in the family of God. Hallelujah. That's why I'm thankful you're here today instead of watching the football game right now or whoever knows when it starts. Okay, there you go. There you go. This is my sport. Whenever I need to know anything about sports, Janet will tell me. Janet was one of those softball gals that, you know, does all that stuff. So she, she knows a lot about sports. But I have to say, when we look at Colossians... I love the beginning of chapter 3 because Paul says this, Since then you have been raised. You have been raised with Christ. Isn't that great? That means like you're in the family. You have been raised with Christ. You set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. That's an ownership, a family ownership. Now the key word I wanted, to, I wanted you to take with... Uh, with you today was that special note of that word raised because it's important the word raised evokes strength discipline and perspective you know sometimes when people say oh you guys have wonderful kids we got that yesterday because grandpa's in town you know what that means that we did a decent job raising them we did a good job bringing them to that point of being raised in our family with the right perspective but Martin Luther King, when I thought about this, he raised up voices for freedom in the U.S. Not only that, but when I think about America, America raised up a movement of democracy around the world. And not only that, America raised up the most missionaries to go out all over the world, even to this day. Number one when it comes to sending out mini uh, missionaries for ministry is raising that up. 
Jesus, he raised up 12 men that literally changed the world and spread that movement of the gospel. Hallelujah. And I think about what God does. God the Father, he raises up a mighty church and sends us out to touch people's lives. Have you had a good influence on someone's life recently? It's a good feeling, isn't it? It's like Mr. Rogers said, it's such a good feeling. When God is using you, it's an awesome thing, amen? To impact someone else's life. But Paul is helping us to understand true Christian behavior and also a proper perspective. And when our perspective goes negative, we know it doesn't come from the Lord, amen? The proper perspective we should have. We raise up the new self that Paul is saying that we have in Christ Jesus by accepting the Lord. And when we regard our earthly nature as what? Dead. We regard our earthly nature as dead. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Praise the Lord. Paul goes on to remind us, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. That's awesome. It almost makes me have that thought that, you know, no matter what, I know that I have Jesus before me. Hallelujah. I got him. I'm right behind him on his back and he's moving forward. He's moving my life forward and the Lord is for me. Hallelujah. Your life is now hidden with Christ and God. So, as we learn and begin to set our hearts and our minds on things above, may that be the year we have in 2024. Amen? We set our hearts on things above, our minds on things above. This means that we have an obligation. Write this down in your mind. We have an obligation to put heaven priorities into daily practice. Heaven priorities into daily practice. If you haven't read your Bible lately, you're doing something wrong. If you haven't been praying lately and communing with the Father, you're doing something wrong. You're doing yourself a disservice. Read, pray, reach out, and then you'll be ready to help others. Amen? Because there is a hurting world outside these doors. And it's a big world. And there are a lot of hurts. And you have to be prayed up and read up in your Bible to be able to speak Scripture into people's lives. I'm having such a hard week. You know what? Set your heart and minds on things above and be raised to new life in Christ Jesus. You tell someone something like that, you know what they're going to do? Whoa, that's powerful. This is one of those moments where people go, ooh, you just made every hair on my arm stand up. Well, I have to tell you, it's time for us to put heaven priorities into daily practice. It means concentrating on the eternal rather than the temporal. There's a lot of things we worry about. Where am I going to go to lunch? Uh, why do I only have one cup of Joe stamp on my card? I should go get another one. I mean... Uh, that's just a goofy one I made up right now, but I thought of it this morning. I thought, it's a shame I've only visited that place once. I want to get that free one. I want to I get like to the ninth and get my tenth one free. Honey, let's go afterwards. But I have to tell you, we don't want to just focus on the temporal because if we truly have died, as Paul says, to our own selves, then we should have little desire for this world. Okay, baby, maybe we won't go. But I have to tell you, but I have to tell you, 
I am in this world and I do worry about a lot of things and I think about things that I want and I enjoy and that's okay as long as I remember that it all comes from the Father, amen? amen. I just have to remember where to give thanks and I do. It's time to remember that. Valentine's is coming up. I've been thinking, what do I get Jana? What do I get Jana? What do I get Jana? We think, what do I get? What do I get? What do I get? Valentine. Have you thought about Valentine's Day? It's coming up soon. Honey, maybe I'll just send you a nice prayer. Okay? But I have to say, Las Vegas is in the business of creating desire. That's what we do. There's no other reason why people come and spend that kind of money at, uh, you know, um, hotel, food and beverage, casino, nightlife, all this thing, retail, on and on. You know what everybody keeps asking me about? The sphere. Oh, how cool is the sphere? Have you seen the sphere? Have you walked to the sphere? You know about this sphere? Not only that, but everyone's been asking me too. Oh, we see the show that's at your hotel called Awakening. Is it cool? Have you seen it? And on and on and on. And I saw this big floating whale through the sky and on and on. And I'm thinking, isn't that funny? My family in California, they know about all these things and they're asking me about it because that's what the city's doing is trying to create that desire to come be a part of the excitement. But Paul still urges us to have as much desire for this world as a dead person. What? <laughs> Isn't this wild? So our true desire, our true home is where, get this, Christ is. That's the true desire, the true home. And that gives us a new perspective for this year. Our last point this morning is this. And you'll see it up here. Focus your vision on Christ and you will see clearly. And when you focus your sight on, uh, uh, on Christ, you don't only see clearly, but you truly learn what's important in life. Amen? Amen? You truly learn what's important. The things that you'll be remembered for, may they be the things of Christ. Amen? I always tell people at work, hey, we work too much, and that's the last thing I want to be remembered for. Oh, he worked so much. No, I want to be remembered for what Christ did in my life. But the thing that bothers me most about myself, you know things can bother us about, about ourselves, right? And we know what they are. But the things that bother me most about myself is uh, I can't count the amount of times, and I wrote this down, that I get so wrapped up in my own life, I get so wrapped up in all that I'm doing, that when, you know what, honestly, I need to remember that when I get to heaven, it won't matter the amount of sales I made. It won't matter how many hours I put in. It won't matter any of those things. None of that will matter. And that's when I get so mad at myself because truly, it won't matter if I ever got a house with a backyard, which I don't have. It won't matter if I finally get a garage, which I can't remember the last time I've owned a garage. I mean, there's all these things that really won't matter, but I just have to remember whatever God has given me, His provisions, I shall be thankful for. Lord, I don't have a garage, and I give you thanks. Lord, it's 121 degrees out there. My steering wheel is going to burn my hands off, and I give you thanks. <laughs> Pastor John Hagee, he's cool. He says, be satisfied. Be satisfied. Two words. There's always going to be someone prettier than you, more handsome than you, better salesman than you, stronger than you, richer than you, better car than you, house than you, but be satisfied because focus on Jesus and what you do best, and you will be blessed. Amen. Focus on Jesus and what you do best, and you will be blessed. Scripture states that the things that are not seen are forever. Therefore, by setting your mind on things above, 
This means that we should begin to look at life, hallelujah, from God's perspective, not our own. And even more extreme, we should seek what God desires for our lives rather than what we desire. Mm, That's not easy. (laughs) Let's be honest. But Lord, I have desires. And he thinks, well, when we fuse, my desires will become your desires. Hallelujah. And I assure you, God desires much in your life. Do you believe that? He desires so much in your life. And the more that we regard this world that we live in the same way that God does, it's something that is passing away. Do you believe that? He looks at the world that way. But the best part is, Jesus has already given us all the power we need to live for Him now. How many of us can be weighed down by the wrong living, sinful living, or whatever it is, and we think, I'm just so tired of this. Jesus has already given us the power to live for Him in the right way. Do you believe that? Because it's so true. So I ask you today, sometimes I like to pry, where has your focus been? Because maybe you need some of these. Oh, I can't see you now. (laughs) But maybe... It's time to start thinking what lens God wants to have for you, amen? Where is our focus? It should be on Him. It should be on Him. Pastor Max Locato says this in our closing story. I just want to share this with you because I thought it was great. He says, years ago, a chaplain in the French army, he, uh, he used the 23rd Psalm to encourage the young soldiers when they went into battle. He would urge the soldiers to repeat the opening clause of the psalm, ticking it off one finger at a time. The little finger represented the word the. The ring finger represented the word Lord. The middle finger represented is. The index finger represented my, and the thumb represented shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Then he asked every soldier before they went into battle, to write the words of the, on the palm of their hand, or the psalm on the palm of their hand, and repeat the verse whenever they needed strength. And boy, we need strength very often, don't we? The chaplain placed a special emphasis on the message of the index finger, the Lord is my. He wanted it to know that it was personal, that God is your shepherd. He reminded the soldiers that God is a personal shepherd with a personal mission and to get them home safely was the point. Did the chaplain's words find its mark? In the life of one man, it did. After a battle, one of the young soldiers was found dead. But guess which finger that soldier was clutching even though he was dead? That young man was holding his finger that represented the Lord is my shepherd. So I pray with us today that we find, amen, and we be found, amen, clutching to the shepherd that is ours. Hallelujah. Hold on to Jesus in 2024 in a new way and let your life be transformed. Hallelujah. Then you'll be ready to be ready for all of life's twist and turn moments. Wrong shoes, wrong attitudes, wrong this, wrong that. And you know what? It won't matter as long as you have your shepherd. Amen? Hallelujah.
Let's stand and pray. Father, thank You so much for Your Word. Thank You, Lord God, that we can truly come to You and remember that we are to focus on things that are above. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we want to have sight that is clear. We want to have vision that is clear. We want to have focus that is based on You. We want to keep heaven in view. Hallelujah. This year, in Jesus' name. And may all of the earthly concerns that are in this room right now fall strangely dim in the name of Jesus. And Lord, as we worship You this day, as we think about You, we pray to You, we spend time together as brothers and sisters in Christ, change our lives in the name of Jesus. And Father, we give You glory and honor and thanks for all that You've given us. We apologize for times that we think it hasn't been enough. But we thank You for what it is. Regardless, in Jesus' name, amen. Before we go, did you know Buzz Aldrin did communion on the moon where he was up there in space? Did you ever know that? He, when, when Buzz Aldrin went up into space, he thought what would be the coolest thing he could do and he consulted his, uh, his minister. He's a Presbyterian. He consulted his minister. And Buzz Aldrin, you might not know this, but if you read his book, uh, uh, magnificent desolation you'll see that buzz aldrin at one point pulled out bread and pulled out juice and he said these words up in space i am the vine you are the branches if a man remains in me and i in him he will bear much fruit apart from me you can do nothing you have set your glory in the heavens when i consider the heavens the words of your fingers the moon and the stars which you have set in place who are we that you are mindful of us, human beings that you care for us? It's good to be cared for, is it not? Amen. Amen. Let's share some time together, okay? All right, God bless you.